0: Is an Odyssey original.
1: This is KDX in Depth. I'm Rob Archer. And I'm Charles Feldman.
0: Winter storm in Southern California, now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: And we begin right away with the worst of this storm system slowly moving into Southern California. KNX has in-depth team coverage as the mountains will see blizzard conditions while the coasts and valleys will get soaked with lots of rain. With us to explain how rough things might get is Weather Channel meteorologist Scott Larimore. Scott, how bad is it going to be?
3: Well, I think it's going to be pretty uh, intense for us tomorrow. Today was the preview day, and we'll kind of double and triple some of the rainfall rates uh, in the area tomorrow, and the snowfall intensity tomorrow also for the mountains to our north will double and triple. So we're talking feet of snow in the mountains. We're talking 3-inch or 4-inch rainfall totals downtown L.A., And that has caused the Weather Service to place us under a flood watch here. It goes into effect tomorrow morning. And this is a low that's still way up the coast. It's all the way up off the coast of Oregon right now. And it eventually slides our way tomorrow. I think the precip will be at its most intense when the proximity of that low is really close to us, and that'll be Friday night and early Saturday morning, some of the latest computer model imagery shows the heaviest rain for us around midnight Friday night into hmm. early Saturday morning. That will be the highest wind and the heaviest uh, snowfall, also.
2: Okay, so Scott, I think uh, what I get from that is we are not going to have a heat wave. That's, <laughs> that's Weather Channel <laughs> meteorologist. I think I got that right. Yeah. Scott uh, Larimore.
1: And uh, later on the show, we'll take a look at a new report on mass killings and extremism. There's another recall of another eye-drop product because of contamination. The legal marijuana industry in California could be in big trouble. And the Oscars have a new plan to prevent another Will Smith-type incident.
2: But let's begin with an intriguing murder trial out of South Carolina. Attorney Alex Murdoch has taken the witness stand in his own defense and his own murder trial. He's accused of killing his wife and son in 2021. Dimitri Gorin is a criminal defense attorney here in the L.A. area. Thanks for being with us. The conventional wisdom, Dimitri, is you don't put your your, uh, client, if he's a defendant in a murder trial, on the stand. Uh, Do you think this was a smart move?
4: Well, uh, I've done many murder cases and it's really up to the defendant. It's his own constitutional right. So as a criminal defense lawyer, if your client wants to testify and explain that he's innocent and he's got to, in this case, explain a lot of the evidence away, such as being at the crime scene before and after the homicides, I sort of think he had no choice but to testify, to try to get an acquittal or a hung jury.
1: Uh, how much of a, the family history here uh, factors into this? Because uh, there are stories about how, you know, uh, children in his family would do bad things and just basically get away with it because of how much power they had in the community. Is that factoring in or is that maybe some uh, some things coming home to roost for him on trial?
4: Well, uh, when it's something this serious, when he's facing his life, you know, going away for the rest of his life, well, I think that's one variable. I think it's a small variable. The jury is going to be determining whether this man uh, had the motive and the, you know, the ability and the opportunity to kill his own family. And I think while, yes, there's financial considerations for this jury, you know, because he had financial crimes, they're saying the motive for the murders is because he wanted to cover up the financial crimes. I think the big picture for the jury will be, hey, did this man do something so often that he had the motive to do, to do it? And was there prior domestic violence, perhaps, because it's a really awful act. And for somebody with perhaps no prior violence in their background, it's just hard to believe he did it. But obviously, the evidence strongly points to him at this point.
2: But but isn't that, Dimitri, the problem of putting him on the stand in that uh, once he's on the stand, it opens up a whole bunch of cans of worms. Right. Because now he can be asked about all kinds of things.
4: I just had a murder trial not too long ago. We did not call the client. We got a jury on it. Eventually, the client was acquitted. So in that case, in that instance, the decision to not put the client on was successful. Uh, In this instance, however, we know he lied to the police, and the prosecution spent all this time saying, look, he told us he wasn't at the crime scene, but then they have this video from Snapchat showing that he was at the crime scene. So I sort of think his calculation, the client's calculation is The only way I can try to get an acquittal or hung jury and not be convicted and spend the rest of my life in prison is to explain to the jury why I lied to the police. And then, like you said, then the opiates, then the fact that he was a drug addict came out, that he was using too much. And that's why he lied to the cops. So now you actually have an explanation for the jury of how he could have done this awful act because he's saying he was a drug addict at the time. So, yes, it cuts both ways. He can say he wasn't present at the murders, but now the jury understands, oh, we have a drug addict. We have a guy who's a disgraced attorney, stole from his law firm, and that kind of person may be able to kill his family. So you're right. It does cut both ways. In his mind, that's the only way he dissociated himself from the murder by saying I wasn't present. But on the other hand, the jury has now more information that they could use to convict him.
1: All right. Thank you, uh, Dimitri uh, Gorin, criminal defense attorney in the L.A. area.
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now, the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: And again, KNX, we have in depth team coverage of this big storm that's set to pound Southern California. We've been telling you about the rough conditions in our local mountains, but officials are asking people to be careful if they're headed north of Sierra Nevada. There is a high risk of avalanches up there.
0: Winter storm in Southern California, now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
1: Continuing up team coverage of this uh, storm set to drop up to seven feet of snow in the mountains. The coast and valleys could see five inches of rain, which means there could be some flooding and it could get bad. The strong wind could also blow some debris, knock down some trees, got reports of that already, officials urging people to be extra careful if they have to drive and you know my feeling about
2: california drivers yes, don't drive don't don't especially, just don't yeah. especially when the weather is bad, if you don't have to drive, just don't uh, right now, a new report from the anti defamation league finds the number of mass killings in the u s connected to extremism is on the rise found a large increase in the 2010s compared to earlier decades. Jeff Abrams is the regional director of Anti-Defamation League Los Angeles. Jeff, thanks for being with us.
5: Thank you for having me.
2: So I, I suppose on the one hand, it's alarming. On the other hand, it doesn't seem to surprise me or some other people either. Uh, can you explain what this statistic is showing us or trying to tell us anyway?
5: Sure, and thank you for the time today. So as many of your listeners will recall, both our Attorney General Garland and our Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas has identified domestic extremism as the single greatest threat to our national security. In ADL, what we do is we look at the unfortunate, sometimes fatal consequences of that extremism. And while the numbers actually were somewhat lower in 2022, just as they were in 2021 compared to other years, what was startling in 2022 was that the majority of these extremist-related murders were from mass shooting events, particularly the two events, one in Colorado at an LGBT bar and the other in Buffalo at a supermarket. So that is a a very disturbing development, but as you said, not entirely surprising.
1: We have seen a rise of this kind of violence over the last few years, and I know this is not a new thing, but it is uh, gathering critical mass. It, it seems like today, and during the previous administration, there was some pushback on the idea of domestic terrorism because uh, uh, they complained that, uh, well, you're 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 painting uh, uh, hardcore conservatives as domestic terrorists. But this domestic terrorism, do we see more of it from the far right or the far left, or is it a mixture of both?
5: So at ADL, we very much value data, data drives resources and policy. And so we take a look at this very, very carefully. And so what we do, if you take a look, let's say over the last 10 years, and during that period, there were 444 people killed at the hands of extremists. And by the way, I'm sure that number is underreported, but of that amount, 75% were killed by right-wing extremists. And of those, 73% were committed by white supremacists. So it is overwhelming that the violence comes from those with more right wing extremist ideologies. In 2022, we did not identify any extremist related murders committed by left wing extremists. Now, this does not mean or imply that the left wing extremists might not pose a harmful threat to society, but the data, the numbers, is that it's clearly overwhelmingly from white, right-wing affiliated extremists.
2: And the role of social media in all this?
5: Well, we're very concerned about social media. Social media really is the propellant that is, is spreading this wildfire of hate. And particularly when it comes to, and it's not only the social media that we are all familiar with, but really the, the platforms that allow these extremists to share their harmful ideology, to plan. And then it goes even further into media platforms that are more of the dark web. But they now have the ability to communicate, to egg each other on. And frankly, we saw that powerfully on January 6th, where there was coordination. And in fact, ADL is co-counsel in a lawsuit pending in D.C., a, a civil lawsuit against the Oath Keepers, where we're representing the District of Columbia. Social media is a critical piece of the evidence here and it's part of what is spreading this hate like wild.
1: And very quickly, uh, what can be done about this? Because now it's not just social media, but we have uh, mainstream uh, cable news networks, which are divided into uh, right and left, and everybody can stay in their own bubble. So the uh, the right wing can get the news their way. And so they don't see this as a problem where they see that, well, domestic terror is coming from the left wingers and uh, left wing media, vice versa. Uh, how do we combat this if there is no compromise anywhere?
5: It's in the hands of policymakers. In ADL, we launched a program last year called PROTECT, which is meant to be a comprehensive plan to counter domestic ter- uh, terrorism, while, of course, also preserving our civil liberties. So, what we are asking of the Biden Harris administration is to implement robustly the national strategy to counter domestic terrorism. We are asking that the administration create a global movement to counter extremism. And publicly fund an independent clearinghouse to proactively find these extremists. We are asking every policymaker, every legislator at city, county, local, state, federal levels to make sure that there are no public employees involved in these violent movements. Policymakers have a critical role and they have to use this bully pulpit.
1: All right, thank you so much. Uh, Jeff Abrams, Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League Los Angeles.
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: Yeah, it's coming. We've talked a lot about the mountain areas, but the beaches are going to get hard hit, too. There will be high surf conditions. Twelve lifeguard towers in Manhattan Beach and seven in Hermosa Beach were moved back because of it. L.A. County even had to use bulldozers at Zuma Beach and Malibu and at Venice Beach to clear the storm drains. When we come back with In-Depth, another warning is out for another eye-dropped product. We'll tell you which one and why. <laughs>
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: And KNX, we are going to have in-depth team storm coverage throughout today, tomorrow, and into the weekend. This storm has the potential to make history here. Lots of snow is expected in the mountains and lots of rain everywhere else. People are being urged by officials not to travel during the storm unless it's really, absolutely, really, 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 really really mm. really necessary yeah i think i got that across
1: yeah and you know what here's what's here's what's disturbing is uh my wife and i have to take a trip tomorrow night oh and it it is something we have to do it's a family uh issue and uh so we have to be on the road to san diego oh wow tomorrow in this rain and i'm very concerned about it right now R- rent a boat <laughs> Just thinking about renting a boat Right now, no, the, uh, right now, though, the FDA just warned of another imported eye product that could be contaminated with bacteria. The company that makes Delsum Pharma's artificial eye ointment says it has agreed to recall the product. It's the same manufacturer behind the Esri Care and Delsum Pharma artificial tears products that were already recalled earlier this year. Dr. Maz Lalazari is an ophthalmologist surgeon at Dignity Health California Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us.
6: Certainly. Thanks for having me.
1: So what's the danger here? Uh, just uh, run the, run over this force again uh, of putting the stuff into your eyes and you find out it's contaminated. What's the danger?
6: Yeah, so the danger is that these drops are contaminated and patients who have dry eye syndrome typically will have a breakdown in the epithelium of the cornea. So that makes them increasingly susceptible to introduction of bacteria. Into the the eye, so these patients are especially at risk because they have dry eyes. And it turns out there's there's a second batch of uh, over-the-counter artificial tears and now an ointment that are contaminated by a bug that is resistant to several uh, commonly used antibiotics. So it poses a significant danger.
2: Now I know the the first round of recalls was for a uh... Uh, artificial teardrop that was in what they call a multi-use bottle, right? Uh, You open the bottle and you can use it many, many times until you run out. Uh, But there are ones on the market that are in what they call single-use bottles. They don't have preservatives. They're sterile. uh, And once you use them, you, you, you toss it. If you are in need of artificial tears, uh, are you better off using that kind of teardrop as opposed to one that's in a, a bottle that you can keep using?
6: Yeah. In regards to contamination, you know, if it's contaminated, it's it can be contaminated either way. But the difference is that the preservative-free drops are um, well-tolerated in patients that might be allergic or sensitive to the preservatives that are in those. So patients who have to use them very frequently Will um, recommend that they use the preservative free form. But in terms of contamination, if it's contaminated at the manufacturer, technically it could be man- uh, contaminated in either batch.
1: So, store owners are uh, hopefully being very careful making sure this is not uh, out on the shelf. But for people who have already bought some eye drops, it's in their medicine cabinet, what have you. Would you uh, advise them if it's these products, go down and get rid of them? Don't, don't chance it and uh, go get some different ones? Of
6: course. Yeah, certainly. So, um, I I've had several patients tell me that they've actually just stopped using theirs. Um, but I tell them to let me know which brand and we're able to identify them. I have yet to see these two brands, um, uh, in, you know, around in the clinic. So it's, uh, fairly, um, obscure brand there are many many different brands it's like hand lotion so they're they're manufactured by many many different brands um so it's it's safe to use the ones that are not uh, on this uh, recall list but um yeah uh, a lot of our patients are very concerned about using their existing ones in general i tell patients if you're going to use artificial tears make sure that if they are the reusables that the top is uh, replaced and kept clean. And after about a month, if they've been around, I just ask patients to toss them, right. especially if we're using drops after a certain procedure. I tell patients maybe get a new one if it's a bottle that's been sitting around for a
1: long time. All right. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Amaz al ophthalmologist surgeon, Dignity Health, California Hospital. <laughs>
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: Yeah, you know, we just told you about officials advising against travel during the storm, especially in the mountains, where a blizzard warning will go into effect in the L.A. and Ventura County mountains uh, pretty soon. If you have to drive, though, in the mountains and the roads aren't closed, you'll have to bring chains to put onto your tires. Otherwise, law enforcement may not let you go up or down, and that means that you kind of are standing still, I guess. You're going to if be you can't camping. Go up, you can't go down. <laughs> Where can you go? Uh, coming up, the legal marijuana market in California is slipping as the illegal market picks up, and a new crisis team is looking to prevent a repeat of violence at the Oscars. You're listening to KMX in Depth with Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman.
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: Yes, and just a reminder to stay tuned to KNX for the latest storm updates. We're expecting the worst of it tomorrow through Saturday. LADWP says there could be power outages. Due to flying debris caused by the winds or trees toppling over into power lines. It also says crews are ready to respond quickly. The DWP says keep a flashlight and extra batteries nearby and a fully charged cell phone.
1: It really is end of days stuff. Sounds yeah, like sound the end of like days. It. Yes. Yeah. A lot
2: of water, a lot
1: of ice, a lot of snow. And uh, a zombie alert. Coming later after that, (laughs) when it becomes legal to uh, when it became, I should say, legal to sell marijuana back in 2018, it was thought by many people that there would be no demand or need to get it through the black market anymore. Yet since
2: then, the black market for cannabis has flourished. New state data now finds legal pot sales in the state dropped 8 percent in 2022 compared to 2021. So with us to explain what's happening, we hope, is Dan Sumner, agricultural economist at UC Davis and author of Can Legal Weed Win? The Blunt Realities of Cannabis Economics. Dan, thanks for being with us. So is the bottom line, Dan, that it is cheaper for people who want cannabis, who want weed, to just buy it uh, on what I guess was called the black market, maybe it's still called that, but to basically buy it from a local dealer?
7: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Certainly cheaper. Now, Some obviously, some people uh, uh, buy through the legal market, uh, but uh, it's a real challenge for legal cultivators, uh, wholesalers, retailers, all the way through the supply chain to compete with uh, an industry that, uh, frankly, satisfied many consumers for a long time and uh, is still going strong.
1: And how much of a danger is it to get uh, get your weed through the black market, and not just not just the kind you smoke, but you know your gummy beers and what have you? Because uh, it being uh, more uh, or less regulated than the legal product, you don't know what you're getting, you don't know how potent it is, you don't know what else may have been added.
7: Yep, all of those things are true. And what I will say is, remember, we had a, a a vibrant market for illegal weed for a very long time, so some buyers may still be buying from somebody that they knew and trusted when the government came and and maybe they shouldn't have but but they did when the government came in and said look now you can uh go out to the mall may not be convenient for where you live but you can go somewhere else and buy it from somebody you don't know and get to pay twice as much that wasn't a pro- a lot of cannabis users said that wasn't a proposition that was very attractive to them so it that it it has been challenging. Now there's lots of people and I do think you're exactly right. The safety and the testing is something that uh, only the legal market can really uh provide to people and it's uh it's an important thing to highlight. When, but not everybody's convinced.
2: And when uh all of this debate was taking place about whether or not to legalize uh weed Uh, I remember very clearly that uh, various officials in the state, not just in California, but in other parts of the country, they argued that this was going to be a financial boon, that there's going to be tax money coming in left and right. We're going to have oodles and oodles of of money that isn't happening.
7: You know, I don't I don't want to discount the amount of taxes that are collected. And in fact, for some people, that's uh, that's a great thing for other people. They say that's part of the problem. Between the sales tax and the excise tax—that is, the general sales tax on all things—and and and the state-specific excise tax on cannabis—it's well over a billion dollars a year collected. But uh, when I say some people say that's part of the problem, of course that's one of the disadvantages that legal weed has over the illegal competitors. It it was bad enough that. Uh, back in August of 20, uh, or I guess uh, July 1, 2022, we eliminated a cultivation tax that we had per pound of cannabis, saying that was making the legal cultivation a very hard to compete with illegal cultivation. And uh, we'll see, that hasn't really had enough time to f- figure out what's really uh, uh, the cause of that. But And you're absolutely right. This is a big problem all over the country. There are serious problems all over the country.
1: All right. Thank you, Uh, Dan Sumner, agricultural economist at UC Davis, author of Can Legal Weed Win? The Blunt Realities of Cannabis Economics.
0: Winter storm in Southern California, now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: And KNX is going to have the latest on this potentially historic storm system today through the weekend. Even though we're getting rain, water conservation is still needed. Agencies are urging people to turn off preset sprinklers because, well, uh, duh, if there's heavy (laughs) rain, you don't need the sprinkler. Coming
1: out of the sky, people.
2: Yeah. Coming coming up but you know there are people that yeah. you know this. Yeah. You're gonna walk or drive by, although you shouldn't be driving on the weekend. No. But if you're driving by, you're gonna see sprinklers on. Oh, you yeah. know you're gonna
1: see them. Absolutely.
2: Coming up next, the Academy Awards says it's getting serious about trying to stop violent and other bad behavior.
0: Winter storm in Southern California. Now, the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM.
2: Yeah, stick with us throughout today, tomorrow, the weekend for more on this big storm that's going to hit Southern California. Up to seven feet of snow could hit the mountains. Now, it might be tempting to ski or snowboard in the fresh snow, but one ski resort official in Big Bear is telling KNX do not drive up to the mountains until the storm is over. And the conditions clear up.
1: Well, do you remember the Oscars last year? The slap heard round the world. Will Smith went up on stage, slapped Chris Rock. And after uh, Rock had made a joke about uh, his wife, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And we uh, talked a lot about it at the time. Well, now the Oscars looking to prevent something like that from happening again. Yes,
2: it's created, and this sounds actually like a bad movie, Mm -hmm. a crisis team. Oscars crisis team. Oscars crisis team to handle and respond to such incidents during this year's awards show in Hollywood. And that happens, by the way, on March the 12th. With us to tell us more about this crisis team is Scott Mance, L.A.-based film critic. Scott, thanks for being with us.
8: Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, a crisis team for the Academy. wow. Uh, so, M- so what my is, feeling- is, it, is,
2: it, is it going to be like Like armed troopers? Are they going to look like from Star <laughs> Wars? Or What are they going to have?
8: Okay, well, first of all, the fact that they didn't already have a crisis team in place was kind of shocking to me. But really, Robin Charles, this was a long time coming because it wasn't just about the slap heard around the world. This goes back to the envelope. Remember the envelope? Yeah. Where oh, yeah. The wrong movie was announced. Uh, You know, Moonlight wound up winning Best Picture over La La Land after it was announced that La La Land would win. But since then, the Academy has had to deal with one crisis after another with Oscar So White. Of course, the slap. No women were nominated for Best Director this year. And then you have the whole controversy surrounding the nomination of Andrea Riseborough for Best Actress over... Front-runner nominees like Viola Davis and Daniel Debweiler. So it's been one crisis after another that they've had to deal with. So Academy CEO Bill Kramer said, and I quote, "We will be prepared for anything that we may not be anticipating." But here's my question, Robin Charles: How could you have anticipated the slap? How do you anticipate something you when something, you know, stuff like the envelope and and the slap, like? no one knew that anything like that could possibly happen so i
1: i was going to say that because the crisis team by definition is reactive uh it's going to react to what happens because you can't predict who could have predicted that, that will smith would get up and slap somebody i think i think even when it happened people were still in kind of denial well that was a bit that was a comedy bit
8: oh oh absolutely i remember when i was watching i thought this is a skit. And, uh, and once it was like obvious that it was real, uh, you know, when he went back to his seat and he was like dropping the F bomb to Chris Rock on stage, I went, I, who cares about the rest of the Oscars? And, you know, I, it was all a big blur, but also, you know, regarding the slap, Academy president Janet Yang at the Oscar nominees luncheon last week admitted to all the journalists there that the Academy did not do enough following the slap to reprimand Will Smith for what happened. So again, this is just a culmination of so many things really peaking with the slap and now even even past that this year but the fact that again no women nominated for best director and the whole thing with the andrea riseborough controversy was she going to get her nomination Mm. rescinded it's just one thing after another and yet this is the academy this is the gold standard of award shows so maybe it's a good thing that they're they're trying to at Mm. least cover their bases by having a crisis team
2: but, but Scott, is, is another word or another way of putting crisis team really – because it sounds like what it really is is a spin team. It sounds like what we're talking about is – because they can't prevent most of this stuff, right, as, as Rob was pointing out. Well, so that's a, that, right, that's a great a, point. Yeah, but it sounds like what this team is going to do is it's to get out sort of the academy's spin as quickly as possible to make a bad situation that's really bad sound good. Is that it? Well,
8: exactly. I mean, and look, I think that's really the bottom line with this crisis team is, uh, you know, by again by Janet Yang's own admission that the that the academy didn't do enough to reprimand Will Smith. You know, a crisis team probably would have acted a lot faster, and as you use the word to spin it in a way that he would have been reprimanded in a much bigger fashion and much sooner than it, than it happens. So, so that's really what this is. It's about spin. It's about reacting to something that they can anticipate uh, rather than sort of get ahead of something that they think might happen. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I think that's kind of the fun of the Oscars. Well, but-
1: you know, for a long time, celebrities have been able to hire uh, companies that, that this is their line of work. They are a, a crisis response team. And I was just thinking maybe this is a good trend because maybe everyday people like uh, me and Charles could have our own crisis teams <laughs> in response for when we do something dumb or stupid. We'll just call the crisis team analysts handle this. They would
8: have to be working 24-7. Yes.
1: Bob. Big
2: retainer. Oh, a-
8: Absolutely. <laughs> I-, I just want to throw out the name of Howard Bragman he was a he was a publicist who became a crisis managing publicist uh and he he just passed away recently a couple of weeks ago um but that was his thing he handled crisis management and there is obviously a business in that especially for the academy again this this did not come in a moment too soon
1: all right thank you so much uh Scott Mance uh, LA based uh, film critic do you, do you want
0: Winter Storm in Southern California, now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And we are going
2: to get to the Storm in a second, but but continuing my thought, I was going to say maybe we should chip in and we should hire our own crisis spin team.
1: I think it would be great to have with my wife. Uh, I, I forgot to take out the garbage. Okay. Uh, well, my crisis team will issue a statement on that.
2: Right, we'll, we'll figure this out yeah. later. I'll
1: write you a check. <laughs>
2: uh, KNX, by the way, is going to have the very latest on the storm system, all the rain and all the snow. We'll have in-depth team storm coverage all day today, tomorrow, and through the week. And The mountains, by the way, will get hit hard, but so will the beaches with the potential for coastal flooding. Some piers, for example, like in Hermosa Beach, they are
1: closed. And this has been KNX In-Depth. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m.